0: Hi, and welcome back to C. Myers Live. My name is Brian McHenry, and I'm a principal of C. Myers Corporation. Hello, and this is Dave Loftus, vice president at C. Myers Corporation. So today we're gonna to focus on liquidity. And you're probably gonna think we're a little bit crazy because we're not gonna focus on liquidity in the way that you're thinking. Uh, so much of the focus right now has been on all of the deposit growth, the stimulus money that's been coming in, and what to do with all of that money. We're actually going to focus on the other side of what's the potential liquidity risk out there and how might you approach evaluating it and even thinking through some of the strategic considerations of the liquidity risk exposure at the moment. And Dave, as we get in here, as we're talking about this, let's just dive right in on how might a place evaluate their potential liquidity risk right now? Yeah, there
1: are a lot of teams right now scratching the surface on that, that question, Brian. Um, and, you know, you're exactly right. It, it seems a little odd to to talk about it when so many places are saying, I have more liquidity than I know what to do with. But it's a pretty important discussion because what a lot of teams are starting to notice is their customers are carrying a lot more balances in their deposit accounts than they were pre-pandemic. And it's not just... In their checking accounts, it's also happening in savings accounts and in money market accounts, and in many instances, you know, carrying a few thousand extra dollars in their accounts. And so naturally, as teams are seeing that, you know, the question is coming up: What's the liquidity impact? What What's the impact to our business if customers take their average balances, you know, back down to pre-pandemic levels like they had in 2019? And so studying the average balances that customers are having in their accounts can be a great way to generate discussion, a great way to evaluate liquidity needs and business needs you know, over the, the months and years to come.
0: Yeah. As you think about that, would you take the whole growth and say that that's the risk or how would you approach that? Place does this and they find they've got X millions of dollars of exposure. What then?
1: Yeah, there's a couple different ways to approach it. Um, And in a blog post, uh, we we touched on a very real institution, uh, about a billion dollar institution that has approximately 100,000 savings accounts. And what they looked at was, well, what's the average balance in our savings accounts uh, currently? And it was about $3,800. Went back to 2019. Well, what was our average balance back uh, about 18 months ago? And it was $3,100. So this institution. Has experienced almost a six hundred and eighty dollar increase on average in their savings accounts in the past eighteen months, and you know what 's so interesting about that is it doesn 't sound like a lot they're like, oh, okay, six hundred and eighty dollars now keep in mind, a year and a half's gone by, so what some teams will do is they 'll say there's some inflation that's happened over that period now there's debates on how much inflation has happened over the past eighteen months, but you can sometimes adjust the timing for some of that inflation, but let 's call it a nice round. On average, customers have seen their savings accounts go up $600 um, over the past 18 months. Well, over 100, 105,000 accounts total, that's almost a $65 million potential outflow. Think of it that way, a potential outflow if all those customers were to take their balances back down to pre-pandemic levels. Now, the question that, that you, you asked, Brian, is, well, does that mean we need to set aside $65 million right away? for that potential outflow? And I'll say, not necessarily. You know, What a lot of teams are doing is they're saying, maybe we want to plan for half of that going back out the door or a third of it, uh, but starting to think strategically, how much of that potential inflation and average balance do we want to set aside today?
0: So yeah, not necessarily taking all of it, but thinking it through. And this really gets into, and this is some of where Um, As we're talking about this, how do you apply it to your decision making? It can be a great time to step back and think about your liquidity stress testing. And so as you get this number, then part of that stress testing is creating the scenarios where you walk through and say how much could leave. And so let's let's talk about that. Again, people might think we're a little crazy saying you want to think through what could leave for liquidity when there's so much liquidity right now but thinking about this and the scenarios and the reasons why you know what are you seeing as to why deposits might go back out the door
1: yeah some of the causes for that you know there's a lot of a lot of things to potentially unpack there but you're you're starting to see just some general sense of more optimism and an increase perhaps in you know day-to-day spending and card swipes we've talked to a lot of teams in certain areas of the country that I've seen interchange return back to where it was in 2019. They're hoping that that's a longer term trend and, and not an anomaly, but a lot of you know, increase in potentially database type spending. And what that could do is that could cause checking balances in particular to go back down perhaps to pre-pandemic levels, but also some of the bigger purchases as well. You look at savings accounts, money market accounts, this institution that I was referring to a few minutes ago that saw their savings balances were materially higher over the past 18 months. Their money market balances are also quite a bit higher. Well, maybe it's because they wanted to get that new car, but it's been back ordered and the dealership doesn't have the inventory. So they haven't been able to spend Maybe they wanted to do some home remodel work, but the cost of lumber is too hard to digest right now, or they can't find a contractor. So, some of those bigger purchases have been pushed off, perhaps due to supply chain issues. That's another reason why you start to think of that figuring itself out or working itself out, hopefully. I don't know. Uh, But that could cause average balances to go back down on savings and money market accounts. Um, Also, you know, just the role of government intervention and whether. Uh, unemployment benefits could be extended or could be stopped at some point in third
0: quarter, um, some discussion on that. So, yeah. So you take those and these are really the basis for how you can start to think through strategically the potential impact of a liquidity change, a liquidity need change. And really, we'll say in the end, when we talk about liquidity, one of the main focuses or places right now in many cases is How do we make sure we have enough liquidity to continue to make loans? And they're sort of on the other side at the moment of how do we make sure we make loans to make up for all the deposits and absorb that excess. But over time, in the longer term, as you evaluate your potential exposure and think through the potential reasons as to why you might have that exposure and how much, it starts to then help you decide, Okay, what do we need in order to. Uh, make sure we have enough for loans and lending and keeping our lending machine going? Or, you know, if your business model is built a little bit differently, how do we have the liquidity that supports our revenue generators and our economic engines and our financial structure? So David, you know, what else is would you connect here as you're thinking through from an analysis and decision information perspective?
1: You know, another important consideration and why it's so valuable to at least start having these discussions with your team on liquidity and average balances is, is, you know, understanding how it's impacting maybe your AM results, you know, in particular, what we're seeing is the plus 300 and the higher rate environment results in the ALM analysis look very strong, look really good. But I just started understanding, you know, what does that look like if we start to see some deposits head back out the door, if we start to see our cash overnight position start to decrease. Uh, from an income perspective, but what does it start doing to your ALM results in higher rate environments? And, uh, you know, starting to stress test that, understand what that looks like today, especially in light of perhaps a lengthening of the loan portfolio if you're holding more mortgages or a lengthening of the investment portfolio if you're buying some longer term securities. So what does the ALM profile look like now with the, that longer balance sheet, but with significantly less cash? You know, that'd be an important consideration. Also, it's hard to believe, but we're almost halfway through the year and it's time where a lot of places are doing their budget reforecasting. So what a great scenario to test out. We've always encouraged not just testing out one budget, but multiple paths. Great scenario to test out as one of your potential paths is possibility of a material slowdown in growth, in positive growth, or maybe even a declining balance sheet once again. So the ALM side, the budget. This touches a lot of different areas, the budget side. But you know, ultimately, you start having these conversations around making sure there's enough liquidity to meet future loan demand. Um, What does it look like from a liquidity stress test, contingency funding perspective? What's the ALM impact? You start to have those discussions, and what's that ultimately going to help you do? It's likely going to make your investment strategy, your investment decisioning, a lot more clear, and you're going to start to have more alignment with your team. On what the investment strategy should be. By far and away, one of the biggest questions we're getting in our discussions with clients is, what are what are others doing with all this liquidity? Well, you start talking about the possibility of average balances going back down and the areas that that leads into. It can really help create that clarity on the investment.
0: Yeah, I'll build on that. So you mentioned the investment decisions and as you dig into the average balance and and where the growth is coming from. Meaning, is it Growth in new accounts, growth in average balances. You can start to identify, too, are there some opportunities as well in that? So we're focused on what if the deposits go back out the door. That's the risk question. We've hit all the different areas to really test that out and think it through and, have, and agree with you wholeheartedly, Dave. The conversations are what are really critical in going through that it's also an opportunity to step back and see, are you getting the growth in the number of accounts that you want? And with that information, then are you taking advantage of that? And what do you wanna do in order to really create opportunity out of all those new numbers of accounts? So that starts to get into some of that other business intelligence as well in order to help you say, are we moving forward? So if we got these accounts and Mm -hmm. these deposits and they joined us, that's great. And now what are they doing? Do they have a loan? Do they have other products and services with us? Meaning, have we really tried to integrate them and help them build some roots within the financial institution?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good reminder. You know, celebrate the success if you're seeing that account growth there. But also, how can we deepen those relationships on those new accounts?
0: So today, we really stepped back and said, well, let's think through the potential liquidity risk that you have. And we talked through a way to evaluate that by looking at average balances and growth in number of accounts. As Dave, you mentioned, you know, we did write a blog on this. So if you want to see some examples and more details on how you might approach that, please feel free to visit our website and see that there. Uh, and then taking that with the evaluation and talking through why deposits might go out the door. The truth is, the answer is nobody fully knows, but thinking that through is really helpful again in the conversations and what decisions you might make and tying that back into contingency funding planning, you need to create scenarios. So great opportunity to step back and Revisit the scenarios you have and see how this might influence or, or modify those. And then strategically, what do you do with this? Well, looking at your ALM results, looking at your budgeting, and then you know, how are those things, how, how's your business model, your financial model and financial structure being impacted? And then that can make some things easier, like on the investment side, where there's again, uh-huh. so much cash, what do you do with that? And then not forgetting, as you just punctuated, Dave, the opportunity, which is with this business information, great. We've had these average balances grow. We've had this number of new accounts be added over time. What do we want to do to take advantage of that opportunity? What does this look like? So we really appreciate your time today. As always, please feel free to reach out to us if you have any other questions. Otherwise, I hope you have a great day.
1: Thanks, everyone.